This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 64 of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. I am not coming to you today from my normal location of western Pennsylvania. I am in sunny St. Petersburg, Florida, on vacation, and Nick Horwat is also going to be on vacation a little bit later this week. So a special edition of the Tip of the Iceberg for you guys today. We have the best Pittsburgh Penguins player to wear every jersey number Today we're going to run 1 to 35, and since next week I'll still be on vacation, we're going to run numbers 36 to 99. So we have that coming for you a little bit later today. Of course, my name is Nick Berlansky, and I am not joined currently by Nick Horwat, but he will be in that segment a little bit later. Before we move on, I do want to mention one thing. We have merch. We have a new merch site. It is tipoftheiceberg.whatforapparel.com. Again, that's Tip of the Iceberg. Dot whatforapparel.com. We have t-shirts, sweatshirts, tank tops, coffee mugs, anything you really would want. Get your Tip of the Iceberg merch today. I know it sounds like I might be rushing a little bit, but again, I said I was on vacation, so, you know, trying to get back to it. But before we do that, I do want to get you guys your weekly dose of Pittsburgh Penguins and NHL Hockey Talk. There was a couple things that happened in the news this week. I hope everybody had a good Father's Day weekend this weekend. Father's Day, of course, being yesterday, so a happy belated Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And I hope, like I said, it was pretty nice weather where I'm at. It's pretty nice weather back home in western Pennsylvania. So I hope it was nice weather where you're at and you guys got a chance to enjoy the Father's Day weekend. But let's get into the NHL news before we head to that numbers segment here in a little bit. It was a really busy week, and it didn't seem like it at first, but stuff just started to roll out into the news platforms. First and foremost, the Buffalo Sabres. Holy crap. Did they blow it up? They ended up firing 22 staffers, including the entire American Hockey League staff and their general manager, Jason Botterill. Now, of course, everybody knows Jason Botterill was a former assistant GM to the Pittsburgh Penguins, so who knows? Maybe getting fired from Buffalo. He is very close with current Penguins general manager Jim Rutherford. We could see him back in Pittsburgh and in the Penguins organization. Possibly as a candidate to be groomed heir to the throne for general manager position in Pittsburgh. I mean, Jim Rutherford spoke very highly of him before. And of course, now with Billy Guerin leaving to become the Minnesota Wild general manager, it opens up a spot for assistant GM. So you could possibly see... Jason Botterill, this is all speculation, of course, but very high chances to me that I that you see Jason Botterill possibly back in the Pittsburgh Penguins organization. So that's something to keep an eye out for. But like I said, he was not the only person fired by the Buffalo Sabres. The Sabres organization and the Pagula family decided that they are ready to regroup. Botterill only had three years with the Sabres organization, none of them of which they made the playoffs. So hopefully is what the Pagulers are looking for, I should say, are hoping to return to the playoffs with Jack Eichel and the power, star power that they are starting to accumulate up there in Buffalo. A little bit later in the week, some bad news as far as the return to play goes. Multiple Tampa Bay Lightning players tested positive for COVID-19. That was three players total tested positive, plus some additional staff members that were there. The team decided to shut down all arenas and all practice facilities and is currently waiting for follow-up testing of the three players and the staffers. Now, there is something that came out of this, and it was a Bob McKenzie tweet. The Bob father, of course, has his finger on everything going on here, and he tweeted out that the inherent exposure of the strictly voluntary Phase 2 is that the players aren't locked down from the public in any way. And with the case counts in Florida and Arizona skyrocketing of late, it should come as no surprise if NHL players in those hotspots are going to test positive. He went on to say then, We don't yet know the TBD terms and conditions of Phase 3 or 4, but would presumably be much more protective of players and staff. Phase 4 will likely be a fully locked down bubble environment. And then he finished his statement by saying, Also, as the NHL ramps up the frequency of testing, which I understand is happening and will continue to go up, there are bound to be some additional positive tests. Again, that is from TSN's Bob McKenzie. So the one thing that 
I question when I read that is you had these guys self-isolate for two and a half months for phase one. It sounds like you plan on when training camp starts on July 10th, you plan on imposing strict rules for them on whether or not they can go out in phase three. And of course, phase four, as he said, is going to be a complete and utter shutdown. So if that's the case and you're serious about keeping these guys safe, why in phase one, three, and four, are you going to be very strict about what they do? But in phase two, you're just going to let them. I mean, it, it is a strange scenario because these guys, just like everybody else in public right now, they were locked in their own houses for about three months. They want to get out. They want to see their friends. They want to go and do stuff, especially because it's the summer months. It's the middle of June right now. They want to have that off season that they're not going to get to have if play resumes. So I get why they would want to go out. But if the NHL is serious about bringing it back, you have to be a lot more careful with your players. And it, it is going to suck for the players to not have the opportunity to go out into public and to really have an off season this year, but you're playing for the Stanley cup. And I, I don't know what I would feel in that situation because I, I, I can tell you right now, after being put in the position I was put in the last three months where we were quarantining, self quarantining, as soon as it all ended, I did want to go out and I did want to go into public, see my friends, go golfing, go swimming and anything like that. So it is tough on these players to have to know that they're about to look forward to two or three months of not only not seeing their friends and going out into public and doing things like that, but not even seeing their families. So it is a weird situation and it's something that we're going to have to continue to keep our, our eyes on. Now, apart from the Tampa Bay Lightning players, the Toronto Maple Leafs forward Austin Matthews, also tested positive for COVID-19. Now, all that the team released with that is that there is follow-up testing to come for that. See, I don't, I don't agree with that. I get that in media, you're trying to get the biggest story possible, and I get that I'm part of that media, but at the same time, individual names should not be released. It, it really shouldn't. We've seen it with the Ottawa Senators when they had four players test positive. We saw it with the Colorado Avalanche when they had three players test positive. The Penguins had one guy test positive, did not release the name. Tampa Bay, in the same day, did not release the names of the three players that tested positive, but Austin Matthews gets outed. He is the biggest star name attached to COVID-19 right now in the NHL. Of course, we wish all the best of health to everybody in the Tampa Bay organization that is currently battling it, and Austin Matthews, who tested positive as well, and we hope for all of the best for those guys. It's going to be very interesting going forward, seeing what's going to happen with all of that. And then immediately after that, a day after that, actually, more interesting news comes out from the NHL, which following all of this news of COVID-19 positive testing, a day later, it was broken by Larry Brooks of the New York Post. He tweeted, quote, from NHL GM's meeting, Post has learned that training camp is set for two weeks with teams traveling to respective hub cities on July 23rd or 24th before playing one exhibition game. The Stanley Cup tournament that begins with qualifying rounds is scheduled to begin on July 30th. Now, if you've listened to the show at all the past probably, what, month or so, I've been saying and Horwat has been concurring the fact that I believed it was going to be August 1st. Clearly, a couple days early, maybe July 30th is now the date that they are saying they're looking for. This is the first concrete evidence of us seeing a possible date for real hockey to return. And this is also some more information about the return to play. Each team getting an exhibition game is something that I know a lot of the top teams really cared about. And a lot, really every team cared about. They want to get their feet underneath them before they have to go and play games that decide the fate of their season. So it's good to see that that's happening. It's good to see that we now are starting to get tentative dates. We know that training camp is going to be two weeks. I personally thought it was going to be three because these guys are going to need a little bit more time. But all that really means is the beginning rounds, the qualifying rounds, the play-ins, the Pittsburgh Penguins versus the Canadians, it's going to get sloppy and it's going to be it's going to be fun hockey to watch. It's because these guys aren't going to be as crisp as they usually are going into the playoffs. And we've mentioned this enough, so I don't really need to keep harping on the the style of play it's going to be, but it is going to be a little bit sloppy and and that's okay. It's going to be a little bit more towards what we see at the beginning of the season because this is basically what they've they've gone through as an offseason, but even more to the fact that they haven't been able to to get on the ice or to get a available gym members. Like they weren't able to go to their high performance gyms and work out and make sure that they were ready for it. So it is going to be interesting. It's going to be something to watch out for. So we know July 10th, start of NHL tra training camps and phase three. And now it seems as if July 30th, 
we're finally going to get NHL hockey back. Possibly July 30th, we'll get a Pittsburgh Penguins game. If not, it'll be shortly thereafter. So exciting news, something we have to keep an eye on, just conflicting news cycles in two different days. One day we're talking about positive tests of COVID-19 in the NHL, and the next day we're talking about moving forward with continue and returning to play. So it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be something we have to keep an eye on. But right now I think this is a really good time to toss it to our number segment. We are talking about who is the best Pittsburgh Penguin player to wear each and every jersey number. We recorded this a couple weeks ago to make sure we were ready for when both of us went on vacation. So I hope you guys enjoy it. We have numbers 1 to 35 today. And then, like I said, next week, we will bring you numbers 36 to 99. Enjoy, guys. This episode of The Tip of the Iceberg is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Got a crazy bush? I may not be a contractor, but even I know that if you trim your hedges, your tree stands taller. This is why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Featuring advanced skin-safe technology to keep your soldier polished and cut-free. If you're like me and like to handle this kind of business in the shower, the Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof and features an LED light, so even guys as blind as I am can see what they're doing. If you are listening to me, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and you too can experience it firsthand. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THPN at manscaped.com. Again, that's code THPN for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Trust me, your balls will thank you. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. So let's get into it like you mentioned. Now, the most people to wear a single jersey number in Pittsburgh Penguins history is 34 people. 34 people wore the number 23, and none of them were named Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, Or any sort of basketball name, because one thing I've noticed recently is that any movie or TV show that involves a good basketball player is number 23. Yeah, pretty much. But we'll get into our 23. We'll get into also the one through – Technically 95, I guess. Yeah, That's technically 95 because yeah. there are 18 numbers that have never been worn by anybody in the Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Penguins organization. Do you want to rattle them off or, you, or shall I? All right, we got – well, from backwards order, starting with number 99, obviously, because Wayne Gretzky wore it. A couple other players did too, actually. I just don't know their names. I know that's like four people ever. Uh, number 98, number 97, number 96, 94, 91, 90. 89, 88, 86, 84, 83, 80, 79, 78, 70, nice, 69, and 64. Yeah, those are the numbers that have only or have never been worn. There Mm -hmm. are also 19 numbers that have been worn by one player. We'll get into all of that. We will let you know when we reach a number that there is only one player, but we're going to get into the actual numbers here, starting with number one, which obviously is notoriously a goaltender's number. You go back through the history. The current GM, Jim Rutherford, he wore number 91 from 1972 to 1974, but he's not my best player to wear the number. To me, it's the Moose. It's Johan Hedberg. It is absolutely the Moose. I mean, Jim Rutherford also wore another number for the Penguins. I forget what it is off the top. We'll get to it eventually, but it is absolutely the Moose. I think he's the most synonymous, I'd say, with with the number one for the Pittsburgh Penguins. You got Wendell Young as well, but and Dave Dennis Heron, who played here forever, it seemed. But the legend of the moose is one that is a story that is always told in Pittsburgh. The, the blue helmet, the run that he went on his rookie and second season to being the eventual starter and then eventually leaving to become a backup for the rest of his career. <laughs> But it's a number that, A, started also the love for my hockey life. But, like I said, it's a synonymous story that I think will be told for ages to come. He only played three of his 12 years in Pittsburgh, but he really did make an impact in those early 2000s years with the Pittsburgh Penguins. The teams weren't all that great, but he played pretty well, had a 901 save percentage, a 286 goals allowed average when he played for the Penguins, so pretty good. Currently, that number is worn by Casey DeSmith as well, from 2018 to now. 
he has been donning the number one, but not quite as well as the Moose did, as, as you mentioned. So number one, I think we both said, goes to Johan Hedberg. Who is Absolutely. number two? Uh, what about number two, Horwath? Number two is a different one. It's weird because it's mostly defensemen, almost all defensemen. First jump, I'm just going to say it, is Leo Boyvin. He was the first one to wear it. He's a Hall of Famer, and he's one that people don't usually remember as playing on this team. It's definitely a name I had never heard before, actually. Oh, okay. But, I mean, when you say the fact that he played in 1968, that's the second year of the Pittsburgh Penguins. So there's a lot of names that are on that team that Penguins fans know from, the, from a young age. Leo Boyvin is not necessarily one of them, but you have him as your guy for number two. I mean, there's a couple interesting guys here. Of course, Chad Rudolph, we, we, we love mm-hmm. him. He's currently wearing the jersey number, but he's, he's nowhere near that weight class. Jimmy yeah. Pack's also interesting. He was the Jim first Greenborn NHL player. He wore number 92, or from number two from, number, from 1991 <laughs> to 94. But my pick goes to the big guy, Hal Gill. Hal Gill. Ward in 2008 and 2009, won the Stanley Cup with the Pittsburgh Penguins. 16 years and over 1,000 games, I think Hal Gill was the best player to wear that number two. He's not a Hall of Famer, but I'm going to have to stick with Hal Gill. Hal Gill is absolutely a fun choice. I mean, I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> I also just like flipping through some of these names. Like, I can remember going to games a long time ago and hearing John Barbro announce Joseph Melikar. <laughs> I, it's There are some things that stick with you. Like, that's where I – like, I also kind of draw to Joseph Melikar hearing number two. And let's not forget Dwayne Rupp, by the way, play, who played also a very long time ago, 69 to 73, who I believe is – I know my buddy Tyler tells me all the time, he is in some sort of position at the RMU Islands. So he's still around the city, and he was another – like, also one of the original great defensemen on the team who wore number two and is known for it around here. Yeah, I think one of the big things whenever we decided to do this was going through all the numbers and going through all the people that ever wore it, just some of the names and just some of the things that you see when you're going through this, like, oh, I remember that, like, oh, that name sounds familiar and and stuff like that. We're going to go through all of that, of course, but just seeing Jimmy Pack, that brought back memories Jimmy the 91. Matt Niskanen, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. He played for the Pittsburgh Penguins and everybody (laughs) liked that. So, yeah, moving along to number three, we're going to continue with that. No, I'm not picking Jack Johnson. No, Aww. I'm not picking Ole Mata. That's for Aww. damn sure. And actually, no, I'm not picking Ron Stackhouse, who also wore it. I'm Ooh. picking the Hockey Hall of Famer, Tim Horton. That's uh, my okay. guy. I mean, 24 years in the league, almost 1,500 games played, four-time cup winner. That's my best number three to wear a Pittsburgh Penguins jersey. He only played 44 games in Pittsburgh. But it's the best player to don the jersey. To me, that's Tim Horton. So Tim Horton is a very weird one because first of all, I like the choice. I'll say, I'll start with that. He is synonymous with the number seven, but he never wore it here. He wore number three and then he eventually wore number 24. But putting that aside, I like your choice of Tim Horton because like I, like I said, Leo Boyvin before, he's a guy that is a hockey hall of famer that you don't really realize played for the Penguins at one point. Um, but like how you mentioned Jack Johnson, Ole Mata, I would have continued to throw Douglas Murray into that conversation because that's a fun name. Um, But my number three is a hard one because there's so many great names, so many just short-term names, but I'm going to go with Ron Stackhouse because a top 10 defenseman in Penguins history, one of the first big names to wear longer term as well. Definitely. I mean, you look at it, like I mentioned earlier, those early Penguins teams, those 70s, late 60s, and all throughout the 70s Penguins, there's a couple names that stick with Penguins fans, and it is Ron Stackhouse is one of them. Can't d- discount that. I love the pick. Let's go to number four. And you mentioned some of the fun names in here. I love seeing Marty McSorley because Marty, yep. just as a, as a whole, hearing Marty McSorley's name is hilarious to me. But also you look at the fact that, like, Phil Bork wore the number four for a season too. So also who is your number, number two, four? Like- Paul Bork also wore number two. Like, like, yeah. the name, like when the names jump around, it's very fun. As for my choice, off the start, number four, I, like, I always draw to Marty McSorley, but I think he wore another number as well. Bobby Dulles is a fun one, but it's got to be Dave Burrows, I think. And same reason as Ron Stackhouse, one of the original great defensemen on the teams. And I know DK did something like this where they wrote stories about – I don't know how they did it exactly – but I know I specifically remember Dave Burroughs being their choice for the best penguin to ever wear number four. 
I feel like I say this a lot when we record these episodes. I'm dating myself here a little bit, but my favorite number four, and I think the one synonymous with, with victory and with professionalism and with class is the peace. Rob Scuderi mm-hmm. is my pick. He played eight years here. People forget yeah. how long he was a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. He won in 09, and then he went on to win a cup with the LA Kings in 2012. He had a really good career. Now he's behind the bench as a coach. I think, not for the Pittsburgh Penguins, of course, but I think number four to me goes to Rob Scuderi. The piece played here from parts of 2018, finished up in 2016. Like I said, there was a couple stints where he wasn't in Pittsburgh in that time, but Rob Scuderi's my guy. Justin Schultz also wears number four currently, but that ain't yeah. going to be for long. I think he's gone soon. We've mentioned that before. But yeah. just to move right along here, number five, and I think of number five, and I think of a, a movie that I have, and I found actually a couple months ago. It's a VHS. It's called There's a Team in the Building, and it's about the 1989 Pittsburgh Penguins. And this player did not play on that team, but they did go on to say a couple years later, this is what happened. And they mentioned the acquisition of one Ulf Samuelson. He is my guy for number five. He is a two-time cup winner. He played in over a thousand games, 16 years. Yes, I love Derek Anglin, which is a fantastic name on this list. Yes, I like Zach Trotman, who got his face slit open earlier this year by getting hit with a puck. But if there is one guy that is the meanest, one of the the meanest, toughest guys to ever don a Penguins uniform, that'd be Ulf Samuelson. Yeah, I I mean... On my notes, I had Anglin written down, but Ulf Samuelson is the far and away only choice for number five because he wore it four or five years, the longer-termed one here, but um, probably the most anonymous. Won a pair of cups with it, was on that great 1992-93 team with it, and wore it well, you could say, in this, ta- in this damn town. <laughs> I got nothing else. What's number six? <laughs> oh, number six? You have Ulf Samuelson as well. And yeah, it's for number easy five. choice. That's the easy choice. Yeah. To me, not the easiest of choices. Like, there are some people for number six that I looked at, and I was like, you know what? Could be him. Could be him. It was one of those ones that I looked through the list, and I didn't really notice many of the names. But then you get to recent years, and you have Daly. You have Jamie Alexiak. You have John Marino, who in the future might be the choice for this, mm-hmm. but not just yet. To me, it is the Reverend Ben Lovejoy. He wore <laughs> the number six from 2010 to 2013, played seven years in Pittsburgh, but he also wore the number 12. But for a time, he did wear number six, and he was the 2016 Cup champ with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He played 11 years in the league, now sitting in his shiny new desk job at NHL Network. Yeah, my whenever like I was taking notes for this one too. All my choices were Ben Lovejoy, Trevor Daly, Big Rig, and John Marino. So, <laughs> not to like put anything down on Bob Bugner or Bennett Wolf, <laughs> but Jim Johnson, just to name a few other people that have worn number six over the years, but. It's got to go to the new guys because six is one of those very weird numbers that isn't worn much. So um, between those ones, I'll stick with Ben Lovejoy as well. It's a good choice. So number seven, I wanted to do somebody a little more recent. I really like Matt Cullen, and I really liked watching him play as a Pittsburgh Penguin. Pretty much throughout his entire career, I loved Matt Cullen, but I got to go with the name that rhymes with his, and I got to mm-hmm. go with Joey Mullen. Joey, Joey Mullen, Mullen. I mean, he's a hockey hall of famer. Wearing the number seven for the Pittsburgh Penguins during the 91 and 92 Cups. Won a third cup away from Pittsburgh. And he's also a two-time Lady Bing winner. So Joey Mullen is my number seven. Yeah, it's it's gonna be my choice too, but I mean, you just we just have to mention Paul Martin had a very respectable time here. Mm-hmm. I can remember Michelle Ouellette's, you know, rookie-ish season he had here. And Andrew Ferentz, who would go on to be a captain in the league. There were not some there weren't just scrubs to wear number seven obviously Joey Mullen might be the top hockey hall of famer pair of cups as well but you know he stands above the rest here he does number eight was tough for me so I'll let you go first it was tough for me to make this decision but I'll let you go first number eight is a hard one I mean you figure there's Brian Dumont who wears it now um Dave Burroughs for at one point wore it who we mentioned before but Mark Recchi man it's hard to not say the wrecking ball the cup in 91 to return to play a couple years and then become coach assistant coach. I'd say that is my choice hands down, but with uh, the slow hand down the slow, maybe there's another name. I mean, to me, I was looking at all the, those names you mentioned, plus Rick Kehoe wore the number for a couple years in Pittsburgh and he is synonymous with the Pittsburgh Penguins, those early seventies teams. But yeah, you mentioned it perfectly. Mark Recchi Rex, 
Everybody loves him. There's a reason he's a Hockey Hall of Famer. Recently Mm -hmm. named a Hockey Hall of Famer. The guy played for 22 years in this league. Many teams. But he also won three Stanley Cups. So you can't really take anything away from Mark Recchi. He is the greatest player to wear number eight in Pittsburgh Penguins history. It is a tough decision, but it is the correct decision. So I'm going with number eight for Mark Recchi. And I'm going to move right along here and say Mm -hmm. number nine is a fun one because there's a lot of names here is very fun I, everybody loves pascal dupuis some yes. people like evan rodriguez who knows he's only been here for about 10 games <laughs> mark johnson there's a name 1980 u.s olympic team have you heard of him andy bathgate very big name but to me huge ron francis oh it's the franchise you see francis is a fun answer for number nine because he wore it for a single season before switching to 10 the who i also have is ron francis exactly but that's why i held off from number nine on francis because there are there is bathgate there is german titov there is pascal dupuis and don't forget the legend of rico fata he was a first round pick rico fata sixth overall mm-hmm. by the where is it where is it the calgary flames but yeah. hey all i'm saying is rico fata had a career that did not pan out he wore number nine here for his cup for his couple of seasons ron francis is a fun choice i'm going with andy bathgate because the original probably hall of famer on the team even though he's not known as a penguin and there's just so many fun names on this list i mean i was very torn between bathgate and dupuy mm-hmm. my second my second choice and very short close behind is dupuy nothing against him i mean it should be my first i feel like i don't know why i said bathgate but that's my te- that's my tear but we get to 10 and i think you would say the easy decision would be Ron Francis. It is the easy decision. As much as I like Pierre LaRouche and as, as good as Pierre LaRouche was as a hockey player, he, he wasn't Ron Francis. No. But, I mean, while we're here, if we're going to talk about number 10, there's Ron Francis. Yes, there's Pierre LaRouche. Yes. There's John LeClaire. There's Gary Roberts. There's Christian Ehrhoff. I mean. Bob Airy. For a little Bob bit. Ari Let's not forget about time. Bob Airy. Mark Latestu. <laughs> I mean, 10 is a fun one. Obviously, it's before we continue, we know 10 is going to Ron Francis, hands yes. down. Yes. But you like just looking at some of the names, like, oh, yeah, the Penguins had John LeClaire. <laughs> the Penguins had Gary Roberts. Remember that season we had Jerome McGinley? I mean, also Brendan Morrow. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. 10's a fun number here. I mean, these lower numbers all had a lot of interesting names on. Once you get to the higher numbers, it's gonna, we're going to sort through them because there's yeah, it's going to be really quick. But 10 is a fun number. 11 was a pretty fun number, too. You have Darius Kasparaitis, who's a cult hero. Mm-hmm. You have Troy Loney, who was really good, only wore it for a couple seasons. But you also have Jordan Stahl, who yeah. I gave as number 11, too. Played here for a couple of years, won the cup in 09. People forget how dominant he was in those 09 playoffs when he was playing for the Penguins. So I give the 11 to Jordan Stahl. Yeah, 11 is definitely a Jordan Stahl. It's like, like we mentioned before, though, 11 is another one of those fun ones to flip through the names because there's, you said Casparitis, so there's also John Cullen, there's Mario Lemieux's brother, Elaine Lemieux, who played like three games, I think. And also, 1993? Could be wrong about the year. First overall pick, Alexander Digg. Now that's a name. War number 11 in Pittsburgh in 2003. Terrible player. Maybe not terrible, <laughs> but not first round, not first overall caliber. He wore number 11 here. But, you know, Vic Hadfield for his time here wore number 11 overall. He wore it the longest, I think, looking at these numbers, and definitely the best, uh, Jordan Stahl. You mentioned when you were talking about number 10, Brendan Morrow being the other guy that got traded to Pittsburgh the same year mm-hmm. as Aginla. Number 12, I can't go away from him. Jerome Aginla is, is the guy. Now, he might have only played 13 regular season games plus one hell of a run in the postseason. But you also look at the fact that he was a King Clancy winner, a Messier winner, a Lester B. Pearson winner. Do I have to keep going? I mean, two-time Rocket Richard, Art Ross. The only thing he was missing was a Stanley Cup. So, you, to me, that's- Jerome Aginla is my guy. Huh, you think Jerome McGinley wore number 12 the best over guys like Pittsburgh legend. Why can't I find his name? I know who it is, Ryan Malone. I was about to say, if you say Bugsy, I swear. I think Greg was better than Bugsy. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's, you look at that, both Greg and Ryan Malone wore number 12 yeah. for the Penguins. 
both Malones, not even just Ryan. There's Pittsburgh legends, the Malone family. There's Bob Airy, Pittsburgh legend. <laughs> I mean, Ken Schinkel. Yeah. In 1968, the original team, one of the original team members. He was really good as a number 12, but yeah. I do go to Jerome McGinley. All right. I mean, I'm going to go with Ryan Malone because it's kind of, he's kind of the cult hero in this <laughs> town. He wore his father's number. I mean, he, I, my second choice is Bob Airy because he's still around this team and is a legend among, among himself. But I'm sticking Ryan Malone because of just being a Pittsburgh kid, growing up in uh, Upper St. Clair, and being part of some big moments for this current Penguins core, their young careers. Yeah, uh, departing right before the Penguins win a Stanley Cup in 09, yep. right after they lose the Cup in 08. You can't hate Bugsy Malone. And now, of course, with everything happening with the Spit and Chicklets podcast, his appearances on there, he seems to be getting an elevated, I don't know how to say it. He seems to get more more attention now, somehow in 2020, than he was getting earlier in his career. It's just how it goes. I mean, before we get to those numbers, we'll, we know how that'll go down. But <laughs> first, we got to get there. Number 13. A short list. We could literally name all of them if we wanted to. <laughs> yeah, there are Seven some people. of those that are that are shorter, but it's it's an easier list though to me. Yeah. Because I mean, you say yours first this time. All right. So if you look at this list, it's a short list. Maybe we'll name them, but for number thirteen, I gotta go Nick Benino. Benino. Yeah. What? Yeah. I know. It's I mean, shocking. he's great and all, but he's no Billy Garen. I knew you were gonna say Billy Garen. That is another good choice as well yeah i just i mean i i like bonino and he's a fantastic hockey player but billy garen is like a historically good player yes but at the same time nick bonino being part of two cups and being the eight the centerpiece of the hbk line and that damn call that no one wanted to give up (laughs) (laughs) but also how are we talking 13 and not mentioning brandon tanev I mean, yes, Brandon Tanev also wears 13. Yes, I should probably insert in post-editing the Seinfeld theme real quick, but he's not – maybe after his six-year contract is up, he will be (laughs) synonymous as the best Pittsburgh Penguin. He goes and wins, you know, six cups in a row starting this year. There you go. Then, then yeah, probably Brandon Tanev. But as of right now, you're going Bonino. I'm sticking Billy G. All right. That's a good difference of opinion. I like that. Mm -hmm. Now, number 14. Stefan Nason. <laughs> Stefan. I was about to Tanner say, Pearson. <laughs> Anybody but the guy I want to say. But no, seriously, it's, as much yeah. as I hate to say it, I'm going to rip the bandit off. Chris Kunitz is best at number 14. Yeah, it's hard to go with anyone else. I mean, you see Lowell McDonald on this list, but he only wore it for a season. Dave Tippett, again, just a year. I mean, it's, it is only – Chris Kunitz, I think. Oh, Milan Kraft, you could put in the argument, but you don't oh. really want to. <laughs> I mean, Milan Kraft was great and all, but he didn't win three Stanley Cup champions as a Pittsburgh exactly. He didn't win four overall. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's Chris Kunitz. Cut it's Chris dry, Kunitz. Closed. It's fun to mention other names, that's all. It is. It is true. But, I mean, I just hate giving Chris Kunitz. I don't know. Let's go. Oh, all right. Hey, <laughs> it's okay. We're going to get to 15, which is another very fun one because you look at these names – and nothing stands out to you. Uh, I mean, a couple stood out to me. A couple stand out, but at the same you time, look, you're Wayne looking... Primo stands out. I mean, there's a little bit. Gary Mike Zigamanis. Mike Zigman. Gary Rissling. Exactly. Uh, Sean McEachern. <laughs> hey, that's who I went with. Oh, all right. Yeah, my number 15 is Sean McEachern because one, he was a 92 Cup champion. Two, he played 14 years for, for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and he also almost played. A thousand games. He played nine hundred and eleven games. So All right. I gotta give it to him. Seven hundred and ninety-four points. Or sorry, that's my next one. He had five hundred and seventy-nine points. Got a lot of notes here. But yeah, five hundred and seventy-nine points. I gotta go with Sean McKecker. And he was also on a line with Ronnie Francis during that ninety-two cup championship. So ah, okay. I mean, my number fifteen, I think I I went with a fun one. I I am this is gonna be a really dumb one, but I chose Tanner Glass just because of how bad he was. <laughs> you do realize the point of this is the best player to wear the <laughs> I I think for 15, there's a couple of numbers. I turned it into the most synonymous because that's, it's, it's, that's, I mean, yeah, this is the discussion of the best to wear each number, but there are some where you just can't ignore Tanner glass wearing number 15 and scoring a grand total of how many goals with the penguins. (laughs) 
a grand total of five. Five goals, yeah. He had more fighting majors than he had goals. Yeah, his first season here in, in the 48-game shortened season, one goal, one assist for two points on the season. Stout. That's a stout forward. He's definitely reliable to give you points from the bottom of the lineup. On a killer Penguins team, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, that was really – that was that was the, the Aginla year. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but moving uh, on to 16, you talk about people like Tanner Glass. 16 holds names such as Jay Caulfield, such as Biz Nasty Paul Bissonette. You also got guys like Brandon Sutter and currently Jason Zucker wears it. So yeah, 16's another fun one. Again, it's a lot of names that, I mean, I don't know the most Penguin history to be able to recognize a lot of these. I know Glenn Sather as an Oilers legend, um, front office guy at least. Mm-hmm. I stick with Jake Caulfield because he has my favorite stat line in hockey history until I find another one. <laughs> Mind reading that off for us? In the... The 1991-92 season, he played 50 regular season games with zero goals, zero assists, and 175 penalty minutes. Although, 285 from two, seasons, two three seasons before, much more fun. <laughs> but, but the fact that he did absolutely nothing offensive-wise. On a team that was literally, winning the, literally the most offensive team in the history of the NHL. Winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah. They did not give a shit about defense. Yet they had Jay Caulfield out there that scored zero points in an entire season where they went on to win a Stanley Cup. Yes. But, hey, I will also give mention to Eric Christensen. That is uh, – Jay Caulfield's actually not my pick. My pick goes to Edzo, Eddie Olchek. Oh. Only two years with the Pittsburgh Penguins, but he was a 94 Cup winner on that massively good New York Rangers team. And he played over 1,000 games in the NHL. This is the player that I was looking at, 794 points. So Edzo gets my pick for the best number 16 in Penguins history. Okay. Number, number 17, 17, I have Rick Kehoe. It's, it's very hard to go against him. It is very hard to go against him. I mean, Rick Kehoe would be my choice as well. Young, or, yeah, the young Penguin years, you know what he did. But we're going to be here. I'm going to mention Peter Sikora and Brian Rust because Sikora triple overtime, game five, will never be forgotten in my mind, regardless of if we lost that series. And Brian Rust is wearing it very damn well right now. Yeah, Mr. Game 7, Brian Rust, he's a – Part of the reason the Pittsburgh Penguins have two Stanley Cups this or last decade, I guess it is now. But yeah. and now he's having career years. Who knows? He could have a very, very long, very prosperous career as a Pittsburgh Penguin. Maybe by the end of it, he gives Rick Kehoe a run for his money. But as of right now, I don't see it happening. I mean, Kehoe played here for 11 years, including winning a Lady Bing during that time. So I got to give it to Kehoe on that one. And, and number 18, I am giving it to somebody that played a little bit more recently, and I'm giving it to the guy that just recently retired. Marion Hosel. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's a fun one. Oh, okay. I like that choice. I think, Eight- I mean, he only played one year here. But like that playoff series, I just recently looked at his stat. That playoff, those, those playoffs he had with us was unbelievable. And the one thing that will always stand out to me when somebody says, Marion Hosel on the Pittsburgh Penguins, before I say screw him for leaving us, the first thing I think of is his series clincher against the New York Rangers in 08. Mm-hmm. Just amazing yeah. overtime winner. I had it on a DVD for some reason. Somebody burned me a DVD of it, and I watched it over and over and over again. So, to me, Marion Hosa wore 18 the best. I almost gave it to James Neal, That's... but I decided not to. And then I also almost gave it to Alex Galchenyuk, Ooh. and then I realized that <laughs> he was awful. So. See, that'd be the synonymous choice. But I like your Marion Hosa choice. I was torn between James Neal and Lowell McDonald, actually. Because mm-hmm. I love I love talking about old hockey on this. I love talking old Penguins. Lowell McDonald, part of the Century Line, born number eighteen for from seventy three to seventy eight, and is like one of those old legends you love talking about. And James Neal, just phenomenal. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> but I was torn between those two. Eventually, I think I chose Lowell McDonald. So just for the legend of it, old school. It's fun getting old guys into this kind of conversation. Yeah. We keep mentioning the fact that there's seven, 60s and 70s Penguins that we love. And Lowell McDonald, yeah. very high on that list of Penguins. I had him as a runner-up in some of these numbers, but just didn't yeah. beat out Marion Hosa to me. Maybe he should have. Maybe people are going to come for me for that. But, oh, well. Number 19 was also very difficult for me. So I'll oh, let you nice. go first. And no, I, Brian Whitney did not factor into my decision whatsoever. Okay. Uh, number He did factor into mine just because of what he's done off the ice these days um, <laughs> and being one of those synonymous type deals because he is synonymous with 19 in Pittsburgh now. But I think when you're talking best, you look up and down this list. It's a hard one. 
but I would lean toward uh, Pronovo because, again, the same reason as Lowell McDonald. The legend of, you know, the old school teams, the century line, and being a long-term player here nonetheless. Mm-hmm. I think I know th- your choice, though. <laughs> a, a couple things. First of all, Ryan Witt, number 19 is not really synonymous with Pittsburgh for Ryan Witten anymore. 0.19 might be because it's what probably people are blowing into breathalyzers after they spend a night drinking Pink Whitney. But <laughs> if this was which, peng- which player played best as a penguin to me, it'd be John Pronovo. But if it encompasses entire career, which I did, I got to okay. say Brian Trottier. Yeah, I knew that was going to be your choice. And I completely skipped over him looking at the list. I mean, not skipped over. I had him written down. But whenever I was trying to do my talking points, I knew you were going to take mm. um, Trottier. I mean, you look at it, 18 years, over 1,200 games played, over 1,400 points. The guy was an Art Ross winner, a Hart winner, Conn Smythe, Hockey Hall of Famer, six-time Stanley Cup champion. Let me just finish it by saying that first. <laughs> I mean – Six-time Stanley Cup champion, four of them with the Islanders, excuse me, and, of course, two of them with the Pittsburgh Penguins in the early 90s. Everybody loved the stash. Everybody loves his country music that he's doing right now, and the guy's won basically everything there is to win in hockey. So, number 19, Brian Trottier. Again, a very fun one, let me tell you. (laughs) Let me tell you because you forget Luke Robitaille played for this team. And there's my pick. Oh, okay. Yep. I like I like flipping through these names. This is a fun because 20 had Luke Robitaille, your pick, probably my pick once I deliberate with myself over him, Robert Lang, mm-hmm. Colby Armstrong, mm-hmm. and Rob Klinkhammer. I'm just oh, kidding. Oh, Robbie it's, Klinkhammer. Plus, you have to you can't forget Dave Hunter. Yeah, Dave Hunter. I mean, I'm trying to flip through some other names here. I, yeah, no, Ab McDonald, but not it's not his career number, I would say. Um, yeah, you know, I'm going to agree with you then. Luke Robitaille, you forget he played here, but his number 20 is pretty synonymous throughout the league as well. So oh, you yeah. gotta got to lean into it. He's mostly known for his years in L.A. and his years in New York as well. But let's not yeah. forget the fact that he won in Detroit. He won his cup in Detroit. Yeah, got to win it. Every, if you want to win a cup, you go to Detroit unless you're Marion Hosa. Exactly. <laughs> now, 21, We this is this will be a quick one because – we know it's players Michelle Yep, when we know the answer is Michelle Briere. Mm-hmm. But let's just give quick mention to Keith McCreary, the first player to wear it for the Penguins, or number 21, during his 1967 season through 1969 in those years. Mm-hmm. Didn't look terrible. For 26 points, 48 points. Don't hate that, but we know that 21, you know, you think 21 in Pittsburgh, okay, it's Roberto Clemente, but – in Pittsburgh hockey, it's Michelle Briere, always is, always will be. And obviously the answer here. I mean, yeah. it's between two and one of them's retired. Nothing yeah. against Keith McCreary. It looked like he had pretty solid career-wise in Pittsburgh, but you got beat out by the rookie. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows the story of Michelle Briere. Yep. If you don't, I encourage you to look it up. But who knows what greatness could have laid ahead of him if yeah. not for his accident. So, of course – Number 21 does go to Michelle Briere, as it will always go to Michelle Briere in Pittsburgh yeah. hockey lore, as you mentioned. Uh, but moving along to number 22, Rocket Talkit, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, so here's what's fun. The NHL videos that they did about, did on this, they gave Talkit as being the best number 92. He mm-hmm. wore that for one year. Yes. I, I get you. that's one thing you want to do, and you want to talk yeah, about that. Yeah, but he only wore 22 year. for two years. Oh, he wore 22 the rest of his career, basically. Well, yeah, but in Pittsburgh, at least. Right, in Pittsburgh. He, but they like talking about that 92 season, with or that half season with the Penguins, which, don't get me wrong, great part. I think that may have been up there with my 92 picks. I mean, there's only two – I think there's only two people to wear number 92 in Penguin history. So, mm-hmm. but um, as for other 22s, Rick Talkin is a hell of a choice. Let's not forget uh, Luke Robitaille's brother, Randy, <laughs> which is another fun one. That being said, I mean – at least Debniak's not getting in the running. I think I had another name. Dave Bullard? Did I have that name written down? I did. Am I right? Yep, Mike Bullard. That's what it is. Mike mm-hmm. Bullard. That'd be the other choice. But it's got to be Talkit just because I'm going to include his number 92 year in his uh, career here in Pittsburgh. Is He's also known as wearing 22 for the most of his career. So Talkit the choice as well. 
We mentioned at the top of the show that the number 23 was worn was the most worn number in Pittsburgh Penguins history. So who got it out of everybody else? I went with Eddie Shack. Yeah, me too. Because 72, 73 season. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, it's been worn by the most people, but look at this list, man. It, it's not, not the most cutted of lists. I can tell you that right now. I mean, Ed Gilbert, I'm sure he was good in his time, but, uh, Randy Hillier played here for ages on ages and had some of the best damn eyebrows. <laughs> Wait, no, that's not Hillier. That's someone else. Yeah, well, don't you look at some of these names and you're not thinking greatness. Hey, Steve McKenna was pretty decent, right? Shane Endicott was, an <laughs> was a disappointment. The one name that was on here, but uh, I didn't give him enough to get over Eddie Shack was the pony, Alexi Ponikarovsky. But he, he does not get it over Eddie Shack, that's for sure. It's Eddie Shack all the way. And another one of those players you forget played here. Mm-hmm. Short stints. Yeah. But hey, number, tw- number 24, Eddie Shack is back. <laughs> but um, that can't be the choice. It cannot be, in my opinion. Because you look at number 24, and you immediately almost always think of Matt Cook. You do, but I still gave it to Tim Horton. All right, there it is. <laughs> oh, you got Tim Horton on here twice. That's nice. I do have Tim Horton <laughs> on here twice. Because Matt Cook was great, and I love Matt Cook when he was here he's one of those players that you love to hate if he's not on your team and, and you love to love if he is on your team but if I look at those two names I couldn't in my mind say Matt Cook was a better 24 when I know Tim Horton wore it it might have only been for a little bit but it's Tim Horton so You're I right. can't I can't, it's like when Sidney Crosby wins anything it's like well it was Sidney Crosby or this guy but if you're looking at it on, on a piece of paper you're gonna pick Sidney Crosby yeah, but I do want to do one thing and mention um, – I want to get it out of the way here because 34 is a little different. The legend of Bobby Farnham. He wore number 24. He also wore number 34. I don't know what it was about this guy. <laughs> but his time spent in Pittsburgh was iconic. <laughs> he spent a handful of seasons here – or not a handful, like two, but ended up with 24 penalty minutes in, a, in 11 games. And then, you know, 14 games, 29 penalty minutes. Just what, the legend of Bobby Farnham. I don't know what it was about him. We loved him. Don't know what it was. I just like talking about that. <laughs> I wish his stats were a little easier to read because I got completely thrown off by a lot of that. You're a big Bobby Farnham guy then. I was. Him and another name that I'm blanking on, but I'm sure we'll get to. Yeah, and I think I know who you're talking about, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah. Moving on to 25, a couple of pretty impressive names on this list, including the folklore, the folk hero, the superstar, Max mm-hmm. Talbot, but that's not my pick. My pick is the most underrated superstar in Pittsburgh Penguins history, and that is Kevin Stevens. Ooh, I thought you were going to say Randy Carlisle. Uh, I mean, Carlisle won a Norris, and that's fine and well, but, but Kevin, it is Stevens Kevin Stevens was so good in the early 90s teams, and he does not get much credit for it. No, but I mean, Hey, Kevin Stevens is by far the choice. You figure 726 career points leads the penguins in penalty minutes for now. Um, Kenny Malkin's roaring up that list. Yeah, but it is, you can't talk 25 without at least mentioning Max Talbot and his story, mm-hmm. but overall, Kevin Stevens is the choice. 26. 26 where are my notes i only had still apps written down yeah that's who i went with as well there's a couple of names on there i mean andrew agazino currently wears it for the pittsburgh penguins but still apps you've mentioned several times i mean he played throughout basically the entire 70s yeah. eight years for the pittsburgh penguins fun stat line he had 495 games played but he had exactly 500 points yeah no, so great career i mean especially for the times but other 26s. Our choices are going to be still apps, but let's just quickly mention Ruslan Fedotenko, <laughs> Steve Sullivan, and Darius Kasparaitis, apparently, for a handful of games, it looks like, in 1997. Yeah. I mean, you have to mention Fedotenko. He was a big part of that 2019. People always forget that he was a second liner. He played on Malkin's line. Yeah. He was a great player. I With mean, overall, Max Talbot. Yeah. Overall, career-wise, uh, Ruslan Fedotenko was no slouch. No, not at all. Not phenomenal all-star, killing everything in its wake potential, but not bad. No slouch at all. Number 27 is interesting. I think there's a clear-cut winner when it comes to best player, but I think it's interesting to see that Scott Bugstad and Nick Bugstad 
both wore number 27 for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And Scott is actually Nick Bukestad's uncle, mm-hmm. and he wore that in 1989. So a pretty cool little history caveat there. Not a very common name, but those two both played for the Pittsburgh Penguins in their own time, and they both wore number 27. But as far as best player to wear it in the history of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Craig Adams. <laughs> exactly. The Iron Man, <laughs> Craig Adams. No, but seriously, Alexei Kovalev. Alexei Kovalev. I mean, like I said, you got him. I like mentioning Craig Adams for his longevity and just stoutness on the team. George LaRock was, would have been so much fun if he could have stuck around longer, but mm-hmm. it is Alexei Kovalev without doubt. And uh, we'll probably get to Kovalev again later at some point. Oh, quite possibly, quite possibly. Oh, yeah. But number 28, Ian Cole. I like that choice. And it, it's gonna... not a joke. It is my choice. Yeah. As All much right. as I like Marcus Pedersen, I think he needs a couple more years to, to surpass Ian Cole and possibly, you know, a Stanley Cup because Ian Cole was here for the back-to-back Stanley Cups, and he was probably one of our best defensemen. It's a shame that he plays for Colorado now because I think he is still a really, really good defensive defenseman. But Great defensive defenseman. Um, it'll be my, that'll be my choice too, but i like to just mention Michael Rosafall. You mentioned Patterson already, and Dan Frawley, man. Did I get the name right? Yeah, Dan Frawley. I know I have these names written down, and then I find them on my screen. But Dan Frawley for the eight, from 86 to 89 is a name I've heard of before. <laughs> it's um, a name you've heard of before. Not necessarily yes. that you've watched and or known about, but you've heard just of like, it. Just like Niels Ekman. I have heard that name before. Yeah. Number 29 is fun. Uh, is it though? <laughs> it is. No, there's a couple of names oh, on yeah. here. That are you're, really right, you're right. I mean, there is a winner. Clear Absolutely. Cut, but, I mean, how many people Let's... remember that Marcus Naslin played for the Pittsburgh Penguins? Not many, not many. I want to write about it at some point, and I probably will. Drafted here in 1994, played a couple of seasons for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and went on to be a captain for the Vancouver Canucks, and had a really good year or career. And what and what was known as at the time the worst trade in NHL history, apparently. Yeah, yeah, that's up there. <laughs> that is up there. But also, you think of 29 for the Pittsburgh Penguins, the old two nine. The old two nine. It's literally his name. <laughs> exactly. I just finished his book. It is fantastic. So go and read it. I, to anybody that likes reading, even if you don't, that was the most fun read I've ever had. So go read Phil Bork's book. He's great. But like we mentioned, I'll let you say it because it's not even a question. No, it is not. It is Mark Andre Fleury. Yep. Um, probably why he is the only choice we can we could say hey jim rutherford wore it that's cool michelle dion wore it that's also cool the old two niner is the second choice obviously that's cool but mark andre Fleury for everything he's done in this damn town Mm -hmm. and we're gonna keep going with goalies here because 30 is also a goalie number and really so is 31 so a couple of goalie numbers in a row Mm -hmm. we have here Number 30 was worn by the first ever Pittsburgh Penguins starting goaltender, Les Binkley, in 1968. But to me, best goaltender to wear it, Matthew Murray, the current goaltender. Now you're starting fires, even though that is the choice. <laughs> it um, is Matt the choice. Yeah. Matt Murray is the choice. Les Binkley's a good mention. Danny Sabrin's a fun little one um, to discuss because that's a good piece of trivia. Who was the Penguins goalie in the first Winter Classic? Danny Sabrin. No, he wasn't. He was the backup. Oh, was it Conklin? No, Flurry didn't play that game. I know Ty Conklin did. Oh, Conklin played. Yeah. Yeah. I, for Ty some Conklin. reason, okay. For some reason, I thought Sabrin was the start of that game. But that yeah. being said, JSL Ban. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's some fun names. Cam Newton returns. Uh, <laughs> Cam Newton again. Yeah, and then Roberto Romano because I said his name very. I reheard myself say his name a few episodes ago and was like, "Damn, that's how I said it." Yep. <laughs> so I emphasize that T, but. Hey, man, uh, Matt Murray is the only answer. Again, let's start yeah. fires. Number 31. Yeah. Also, only one answer here, and it is definitely 100% anti-Niemi. Oh, I was going to say Sebastian Caron. <laughs> clearly, we're both kidding. Of course. And clearly, it is the restaurant owner in Pittsburgh, Kenny Reggett. Ken Reggett, long-term goalie here, man. Oh, yeah. Big time. He was there for the 1996 run for a portion of it, played mm-hmm. in spite of Tom Barrasso also playing at the same time. So really good duo there. I think Ken Reggett deserves the number 31 to be the number one guy there. Number yeah, 32. Ooh, 32? 32. Hmm. All right. I just want to shout out Dick Tarnstrom for being the top point getter on a terrible, terrible, and horrendous Penguins team. Yeah. In 2003-2004. Mm-hmm. Dave Hannon's also mentionable in this. Alain Nazardine, the current coach of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. But, yeah, Peter Tagli and Eddie. 
tags. I mean, tags. yeah, can't, can't go wrong with that one. Nope. Um, I mean, I'm not going to try and say it. There's Pierre-Luc LeBlanc. Um, Letourneau? No, that's it. Letourneau. I mean, shout out to the longest name I've ever read on a <laughs> microphone. Um, but Peter Taglianetti is a short pick over Dick Tarnstrom because I love that he was the best player on a very bad team. Yeah. Yeah. He, he definitely excelled when nobody else was that exactly. back then. Exactly. 33 has some interesting names. A lot of Zs in the top two that I have here. I have runner-up Ziggy Palfi. Yeah. <laughs> what a name. But the number one guy I have here is Zarly Zalapsky. It's got to be Zarly Zalapsky. I put him in my top 10 Penguin defenseman of all time story. Mm-hmm. Um, not just because his name can get you a lot on Scrabble, <laughs> but because he was supposed to be a very good defenseman and ended up being a huge part in creating the 1991 Stanley Cup team whenever he was involved mm-hmm. in the trade for, I think it was the Francis trade. Mm-hmm. I have to double check, but I think that was the one. Mm-hmm. Francis and Holf. Yep. So that would be my choice as well. Zarly Zalapsky. Quick shout out to Doug Bodger, though. Yes. For being on the show. And um, I believe both number 33 and number three. Yeah. So lots of threes for Doug Bodger. Threes are wild. You love it. And it's shout out to him for being on the show before. And also, I gave him a mention in my story for the top defenseman of Penguin history. You mentioned uh, threes are wild right now. And they're really wild with Zarly Zalapsky. A third of his career he spent in Pittsburgh. And then he also had exactly a third of his goals in Pittsburgh. Literally exactly. 33 of 99 goals scored in Pittsburgh over his. So lots of threes going wild there. Zarly Zalapsky's number 33. Number 34. And for lack of a better term, I'm just going to say the best lip sync guy in Penguins history. That's Tommy Kuhnockle. Tom Kuhnockle. I like that choice. Greg Brown, uh, famous Pirates announcer. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, 34 is a hard one because it's one of those very low-used numbers, and the names that take it um, mm-hmm. usually aren't that astounding. Um, I like Rusty Fitzgerald. That's a fun name. We'll mention um, him a little later. Yeah, we're going to have to. Yeah. But also Garth Snow is a fun choice because you forget Garth Snow played here. But I'm going to stick with Tom Kunakel as well. Number 35, who do you have? Oh, it's Tom Barrasso, without doubt. Yeah. To be completely honest, as much of a dick he, as he was to the media, he really should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame by now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the guy had played 777 games. He won 369 games, and then he was also a Calder and a Vesna winner. He won the Calder and the Vesna in his rookie year. Yeah. That is ridiculous. With Buffalo. And- yeah, with Buffalo. Well, I mean, you can't really talk shit on Buffalo's goaltenders in the late 1980s and 90s. Yeah, but, well, you know. Yeah, Tristan Jari is the current 35, but Tom Barrasso, he, he get, he's the best player there. He should be a Hall of Famer, so it's it's pretty easy choice to decide that it's Tom Barrasso. Without doubt. Before we move on to 36, I want to yeah. take a quick break to have you guys hear a word from us on our sponsor, Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. I hope everybody enjoyed our segment there. The best Pittsburgh Penguins player to wear every jersey number this week, of course, was the addition of numbers one to number 35. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, we're going to have numbers 36 to 99 coming out next Monday. So I hope you guys tune in for that. That is going to be all for this one. A thank you to our sponsors at manscaped.com. A thank you to our sponsors at coolhockey.com slash THPN. Go check those guys out and also check out our merch site, tip of the iceberg dot what for apparel dot com again that is tip of the iceberg dot what for apparel dot com and, if, and one last thing don't forget now we have 36 unique podcasts on the hockey podcast network so we try to give you as much content as we can throughout the week even throughout these these dead summer months where we're just looking at phase two practices so we will have content for you on a weekly basis here at the tip of the iceberg and here at the Hockey Podcast Network. So that is all for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Nick Horwat 41 and or you can follow me at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can follow the show's Twitter handle on Twitter at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast and every episode of The Tip of the Iceberg can be found anywhere you get your podcast from. So please, please, please subscribe to us, rate us, 
Comment below. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review on Google Podcasts. We love all of the feedback we get from you guys, and we love all of the interaction that we get from you guys, whether it is on those sites, whether it's on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Follow us on all of those things. We love interaction. We do have an episode coming up in July that we want to get some of our les- listeners on. So if you are interested in talking about the upcoming Pittsburgh Penguins versus Montreal Canadiens play in series, please message us any way that you know how. That's either at Nick underscore Berlansky, at Nick Horat 41, or at Tip of the Iceberg, or sorry, Iceberg Podcast on Twitter. Let us know. We'll try to get you on that episode coming up in July. But a big thank you goes out to the Hockey Podcast Network. If it wasn't for them, there would be no us. So we always, always, always are very grateful for those guys for giving us this platform to talk Penguins hockey and to connect to you, our amazing and wonderful listeners, because we would not be here if it wasn't for you as well. That is all for this one. You could follow the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet, or you can visit them at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Every team, everywhere. I'm going to go back and start enjoying some mimosas. You guys have a good week.